Hello, and welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson. Today, I'm going to be talking with a couple of people involved in the Mackinac Bridge Walk, the annual walk coming up on Labor Day, September 5th this year. First, I'll be speaking with Shorty Gleason, a longtime member of the Mackinac Bridge Authority and the current chairman who has walked several times with family and friends over the years and has a very personal connection to the bridge. And it's always interesting to hear him talk about that. And then I'll be with Cole Cavalieri, who is the assistant chief bridge engineer and is largely involved in protecting and maintaining the bridge, which turns 65 this November. Cole talks about all kinds of things, including uh, what it just means to him personally as a young engineer to, to be responsible for maintaining this beautiful bridge. Okay, once again, we are today with Shorty Gleason, who has been on the podcast before to talk about the Mackinac Bridge Walk. And since that's coming up here on Monday, Labor Day, September 5th, I thought it was a good time to preview it. Shorty plans to do it again. Uh, Shorty is a long time member of the Mackinac Bridge Authority and has been chairman the past few years, um, dealt with all kinds of things that his predecessors probably never anticipated. And, uh, you know, basically most of them, I think, got a little bit of an easier ride in terms of controversies and tough decisions. But uh, Shorty persevered through all of it and called on his longtime experience and his passion for the bridge, which is informed by his own personal history. So, Shorty, thank you for taking time to be here. Well, good morning, Jeff, and thanks for having me. It, it's always a pleasure and what a uh, great uh, thing to talk about is the Mackinac Bridge. There's, uh, the bridge is second to any other structure as far as I'm concerned. It's a, a wonderful marvel of engineering and uh, craftsmen by the tradesmen that built it. It's a fantastic uh, picture opportunity, and what a great day it is to be able to walk that Mackinac Bridge on Labor Day and just envision all the beautiful sights around you yeah it's a it's an incredibly cool tradition and uh i think you know one thing we should probably encourage people to do if they are walking this year and never have is check out the uh walk of fame for the iron workers that's on the mackinac city side in the park there just uh just beyond the approach of the bridge it's really cool history and worth seeing and talk a little bit about why that's a that's that's special to you well uh Several years ago, my dad was one of the uh, founding uh, members of the Ironworkers that put the International uh, Ironworker Hall of Fame together. And, uh, you know, it's it's grown. The festival has grown more and more every year. There's always more participation from the Ironworkers in both the United States and Canada. And it's, it's a special meaning uh, to the Ironworkers, that Mackinac Bridge, because uh, you know, when they built that bridge, that was really something. When you stop and think about uh, job safety the way we know it today versus the way it was back in 54 through 57, uh, you know, there was no OSHA, there was no MIOSHA, uh, no safety standards in the construction industry whatsoever. So they really, really had a tight camaraderie and really protected one another and made sure they always looked out for one another building that bridge. Unfortunately, you know, there was five individuals that lost their lives building that bridge. But, uh, you know, Jeff, uh, you know as well as anybody that, you know, there was a lot of skepticism at the time whether or not that bridge could even be built. 
And, you know, that's probably the last thing you should never tell an iron worker that they can't uh, build something and build it on time and on budget. But uh, they, they delivered just like uh, they knew they would. Isn't that amazing when you think about so many things, you know, from the past, you know, centuries past, uh, that we accepted certain things. And, and now the idea of, of five people, you know, dying in the construction of a bridge, no matter how uh, important and how big, we just, we wouldn't accept that. No, no, it was, it was a, a whole different uh, scenario back then. You know, the contractor for the steel erection of the bridge was American Bridge. And and they really did look out for the men, but you know there were several days it was really adverse weather conditions up there, even in July, and you know to load those men up on on the barges and tugboats the way they did, and and took them to their their um, you know work points. It was it was quite a achievement, and you know that bridge was expedited so well by you know Dr. Steinman and his team of engineers and. And the iron workers, uh, and when you stop and think about it, uh, you know, building that project in three years uh, because of the weather uh, conditions were so rough during the winter, there were, unfortunately, they couldn't work on the bridge. But there was still a lot of work going on. You know, on the St. Ignace side, they were building all the trusses and, and, and uh, scheduling all the, how the iron would be uh, shipped out to the, uh, the waterway to be erected. And, you know, when they when you look at uh, those truss spans and, and try to picture, you know, those barges hauling those large truss spans out, and they had cat heads up top of what they called cat heads. They were lifting devices that they lower the uh, the, the block and cable down to hook onto those barges, but or hook onto those truss sections on the barge. And you know, when you look at how rough some of those days are in the Straits of Mac, or how, how tough that would have been to pick those truss sections off as big as they were, then hoist them into position. It's it's really something special those men did. So think about working at those heights and and working in coffer dams, the the tight spaces. I mean, you could neither be claustrophobic nor certainly have any kind of fear of heights and do that kind of work. Did your dad? Talk about that and what it was like to be that oh, high above the water. Uh, he, he'd talk about it uh, his entire life. And, you know, Jeff, where I was really fortunate, I followed my uh, father's footsteps and become an iron worker myself. And I served my apprenticeship with American Bridge. American Bridge uh, built several uh, large uh, projects here in the state of Michigan, but one of which was the Detroit Renaissance. And that's where I served my apprenticeship at um building the uh, Detroit Renaissance Center and also on that job because that was only like uh, 20 years or so after the bridge was completed. So I had the opportunity not only to work with my father that worked on the Mackinac Bridge, but become uh, very good friends with so many of those iron workers that I had the opportunity to work with. And quite often, there was very few days that would go by in the shanty when you're having lunch or taking your coffee break. Uh, the old timers w- would start talking about uh, the experience they had built at Mackinac Bridge. And I certainly wish I would have wrote all those stories down because it would have made for a, a great book. But uh, it was such a pleasure to meet uh, the large majority of those iron workers and to listen to all those stories from firsthand experience. That's a rich experience. And I again, I, not only the uh, the statues in that uh 
in that tribute to the iron workers in the park, but there's also a museum that has a lot of that history that you're talking about. And it's, uh, it's, it's really cool stuff. So we're coming up on the 65th anniversary of the bridge opening. That would be uh, November 1st, 2022, Mark 65 years. Um, you've done this walk, uh, a, a number of times, um, sometimes in not so great weather, other times that beautiful sunrise and Lake Huron that you see off to the left as you, you know, head south from St. Ignace to Mackinac City. Uh, talk about why that never gets old for you. Well, uh, from my perspective, I obviously think about my father and the, all the iron workers that were involved and uh, what they had to do to build that bridge. But, you know, with my labor background, uh, it really has another really special meeting. And, you know, there is nowhere in the nation uh, you see where there's such a respect for the amount of or for labor like the Mackinac Bridge Labor Day Walk. When you take into consideration, you know, it's it's we're the host up there, but the whole state, the thousands of people that come up there and what a way it is to, you know, thank all those individuals that uh, service this state day in and day out, year round, to make it such a great uh, service state the way it is, all those hardworking men and women. And what a way to say thank you. You know, here's your bridge. You, you, t- you take this time, walk it, enjoy it. And thank you for all the service you provide for this state. You know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful way for everybody to thank all those who labor day in and day out in this state and have the opportunity to just enjoy, you know, uh, like Governor Graham always said, it's Michigan's crown jewel. You know, it's a, well, it's a wonderful, wonderful project. Yeah, so much so that we've stamped it on our license plates, and it's uh, it's the the state symbol in many other areas. So I, I think crown jewel is a is a fitting term. Um, you know, when you think about it, you're you're a hunter, and you've been heading up north for a number of years, and you know what it was like before that bridge was built, and and cars lined up for hours to get on the ferries, um, and you know it's it's a a literal connection between two peninsulas that were not connected before that. Um, not everybody in the UP was actually that thrilled about having you and your deer hunting buddies all of a sudden having such easy <laughs> access. You you remember that, what that was like? Well, I, I'm not quite that old to where I was waiting in line, but I can certainly remember the stories from, you know, my father and uncle and other friends throughout my life that, and, you know, it, it's amazing how it brought the hunters together because, you know, they, it, it was, uh, their, their claim to fame was, they're the ones that really invented the tailgating parties because, you know, quite often they, they would wait in there for six hours or maybe 12 hours across. So they'd stop and, and talk and have a little lunch and get to know one another. And, and obviously there's, there's nobody can tell better stories than deer hunters. Right. Uh, so, well, was, uh, close. They, yeah, their claim to fame was there. They invented the tailgating parties. So. That's funny. I never heard that, but I have seen the photos of the cars backed up, so I can imagine that there was plenty of time to tailgate. Yes, yes. Many, many times there were. So uh, this year, how, how many have you done? Do you, do you, have you kept track or is it, uh, is it just most well, of the years you've been I, on the board? You know, long before, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be appointed to the Mackinac Bridge Authority, our family walked it for years. I guess I never really uh, kept track of it, but you know, even back in uh, 
the later 50s, uh, we would always go up there because, you know, Dad took a lot of pride in, in that accomplishment. And he'd see so many of his fellow ironworkers up there that day, too. Well, that first so walk was, was in 58, so there's a good chance you guys walked that first year. Yeah, yeah, very good chance. I it, uh, I would have been just four years old at the time, but it was it was something that I've always always cherished, and 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 you can see that why there's such a a large crowd every year that they always return to walk the bridge. Yeah, seeing the families is is always cool. You know that uh, the kids. I mean, my kids had to be drug out of bed pretty pretty doggone early, to be there, <laughs> but uh, but they were always glad they did it. So yeah. Well, and, you know, early walk is always the best walk because, as you indicated earlier, you know, when you see that sunrise come over back on Ohio Island, it's just absolutely breathtaking on a beautiful morning like that. Yeah, it really is. Well, talk just a little bit uh, about your time uh, serving on the Mackinac Bridge Authority and your, your time as chair and, and you know, what it taught you, what it meant to you, and, and uh, you know, how you feel reflecting on that. Well, first of all, it meant everything in the world to me. I, to have the honor and the privilege to serve on the back Mackinac Bridge Authority in my personal life, really, and next to my family, it's second to none. Uh, and and I've had such great, uh, you know, uh, times meeting uh, and working with my colleagues, the present authority members, as well as the former ones. Uh, they're all been a very wonderful group to work with and you know each and every member of that authority as long as i've been there brings a very unique perspective to the uh, mackinac bridge as far as their expertise and you know it's just been wonderful but you know the the icing on the cake to me is i really had the opportunity to meet uh the employees of the mackinac bridge authority that were, are just such special, special people. You know, they really work in some adverse conditions themselves, <clears throat> and they keep that bridge in top condition. And and uh, their skill and their tradesmanship, or it, it's it's really something special. They're, and they're wonderful, wonderful people to work with. The you know, right from the toll takers, they always greet you with a smile and have a nice day and. Uh, the administration has been a wonderful to work with, you know, all the employees in the office and, you know, they're just, you know, they take a lot of pride themselves in that bridge and they're just have been tremendous people to work with and to get them to know or get to know them on a personal level is, has really been really special to me and what a wonderful group of people they are. Yeah, they really do take pride in their work. I think that's that's well said, and I'm glad you underscored that. And uh, I, you know, it's a tribute to you that you were appointed by governors from different administrations, appointed and reappointed, and uh, and that that says something about you and your ability. I think to to work with all kinds of people. So, thank you for you know all you've done for the bridge and for the state. And uh, thanks again for being willing to share your thoughts with us on the podcast. Well, thanks, Jeff, and it's always a pleasure, and uh, you have a wonderful day, and I look forward to seeing everybody up there on the bridge walk. We will continue the conversation right after a quick break. Avoid the wait, and remember, the Mackinac Bridge is closed to traffic Labor Day for the annual bridge walk starting at 6.30 a.m. Spend some extra time in the UP, or take your time heading north since the bridge won't reopen to traffic until noon to allow walkers to clear the bridge. 
For more information, head to MackinawBridge.org slash walk. Okay, so once again, we're back for another segment, and we're talking now with Cole Cavalieri, who is the assistant chief engineer on the Mackinac Bridge. Uh, quite a quite an important job, obviously, when you consider that he's helping to protect and take care of our state's signature iconic piece of infrastructure. Cole, thank you for taking time to be here. Yeah, thank you, Jeff, for having me. So uh, talk a little bit about yourself, your background, how long you've been in this job, and uh, you know what the trajectory was that got you here. Yeah, so I'm a native of the UP. Um, I grew up in Iron Mountain, so over on the west side of the UP. I was always interested in, in structures, and I uh, went down uh, below the bridge to Michigan State University, uh, where I got my bachelor's degree in civil engineering. Um, from there, I actually worked for a couple different companies um, in the private sector, uh, one in the UP uh, doing a lot of construction inspection type of work, and then uh, one in the Lansing area doing uh, more bridge design and bridge inspection. Um, and that kind of took me to, I was always interested in the public sector, and I got the opportunity to join MDOT a few years ago in, in their bridge design unit in, in Lansing. And I was working there when I found out that the Mackinac Bridge had an opening and uh, the bridge was always kind of my halfway point between home and, and Lansing. And it's always had a special meaning to me, both as an engineer and just personally. So uh, it's just an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Uh, so now I've been uh, with the, the Mackinac Bridge uh, for about two and a half years. Uh, and it's really been a, a privilege getting to to work on such an iconic structure. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool for a boy from Iron Mountain, and that's that's pretty far west. I was going to ask you. You said the bridge is halfway. So, how long did it take you to get to Michigan State when you were going to school? Well, back before the the speed limits on I seventy five changed, <laughs> I was it was about eight an eight hour trip, and the bridge was was really close to about halfway. So it was usually my stopping point. Okay, and then you got to tell me this: Are you still a Packer fan? I actually am not, but my family are are they're big uh, Packer backers. Ah, okay. So do you root for the Lions? Or are you just no, kind of agnostic on the NFL? <laughs> no, I'm I'm a black sheep and just uh, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. And uh, just always have been, even when the, they played back in Super Bowl 32, uh, my family were supporting the Packers and I was supporting John Elway and the Broncos. You were rooting for Elway against Favre? Wow. I was, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, uh, mostly the reason I wanted to have you on, uh, so this is, let's see, if we discount the pandemic year of cancellation 2020, this would basically be your third uh, bridge walk to, to help with preparation. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about what that entails and how that fits into, you know, the other things that you're doing for, you know, maintenance and preservation of the bridge. Yeah. So the bridge walk is an event that, you know, is very sorely missed by the community in, in 2020 when uh, we we had to cancel it because of the pandemic, um, but it's it's a big event and the Mackinac Bridge just means so much to so many uh, Michiganders, especially that opportunity to to walk across it uh, is really important to people. And so it's it's nice to have the event back. Um, takes a lot of uh, work on our end, uh, but you know it it pays off on Labor Day when you see all the people walking and get to meet some of them and just really see the tradition that uh, families have established for this bridge walk. And, um, 
you know, part of that is I, I work closely with the maintenance staff here at the bridge doing uh, different repair work, uh, inspections, and basically just making sure the bridge is, as, is in as good a condition uh, as it possibly can be so that we have it for, for years to come. And um, the bridge walk, we kind of reroute our work for a, a couple of weeks leading up to it to get all set up and uh, prep, but we try to make sure the bridge is looking good for, for all those people coming up on Labor Day um, to see it and, and to walk across it. And uh, like I said, it's it's really been um, special getting to see them them do that and, and kind of welcome into the bridge. Um, we're here all the time, so it's nice to see how much how well it's appreciated. Yeah, that's that's nice because um, it would be easy to look at it like this is just a heck of a lot of extra work and and hassle um, and you know and it all involves a holiday weekend. But you got the right attitude. You look at it like it's great that so many people from across the state and even other states want to come and, and celebrate this iconic structure. Yeah, and it's um you know that's part of it. That's what we we do the job for is the traveling public and, and keeping them safe and um, it's a it's a day that they kind of get to pay tribute to the bridge. And, you know, it's a day that a lot of people take our transportation systems for granted, I think. And, you know, they they don't think about when the bridge wasn't here or, or even when, uh, you know, a road wasn't there. And nobody likes dealing with construction, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's an important thing. And, and my work at MDOT and here at the bridge is trying to keep those systems working. So, uh, I kind of try to take the bridge walk as a, a point where people can come and actually think about what the bridge is and what it means uh, connecting our state and and also just hopefully they think a little bit about the people behind it and uh, behind all of our uh, infrastructure. I, I think I think they do. You know, when you when you when you walk across it, it takes takes a while. So hopefully uh, it allows them to you know kind of take it in like that. Yeah, if you're walking at a very good pace, you can cover that five miles in you know 50 minutes to an hour. But that's that's again, that's a really good pace. So that is that is plenty of time to give it some thought. And one of the things I think about when I walk across the bridge is the incredible, ongoing, constant maintenance to maintain a bridge that's 65 years old now. And it's not just a 65 year old suspension bridge. It's in the Straits of Mackinac. It's uh, it's exposed to the elements in ways that lots of other infrastructure never is. Um, so do you feel like, you know, it's like you finish one project and you always have to move to another, you're really never done. It's not like you can say, okay, you know, we've, uh, we've done this and now we can wait another five years. I mean, it's, it's ongoing. What's, what's in the pipeline? What, what big things do you have coming next? Yeah. So it, it is for its age. It's actually, it's in really good shape, which is a testament to, uh, the maintenance staff, uh, who have come before me and, and have kept it in good shape, but but it is, you know, it is almost 65 years old and uh, it does require a lot of work. So we actually have quite a few projects lined up. Um, our in-house staff uh, currently has several projects. One that people notice a lot is is probably that we're switching out our open grading. Um, and we, we've had to replace more and more kind of as, as we've gone. And that's just because it is um, starting to get older and our staff has really got it down to a science where they're able to switch out a panel in just a couple days. So uh, thankfully we're able to keep up on on that and, and we're able to do it in-house, which is not a lot of bridges out there uh, have a staff that 
is capable of doing that. So that's that's a big benefit to us. Um, we also have some bigger projects coming up. Um, we're, we're in the design phase of a North Viaduct rehabilitation project, which um, our North Viaduct is one section of the bridge, and that will be uh, some replacing joints and repaving that area, uh, doing some concrete repairs, and then it's on to the next one. So uh, we have some repaving coming up and, and the pavement is getting older, but with these projects, uh, I know it sounds like a lot of work, but it's really gonna extend the life of the bridge um, for a long time, hopefully. And we had a deck study done in 2020 just to see what kind of life we, we there's left in the bridge and, and how we can best increase that life. And thankfully, it was that study came out that there's quite a bit of, of life left as long as we we do the right kind of projects and and take care of it. So hopefully we do a good job at that. Well, so we talk a lot about the deck, but what about you know what what supports this thing, and, and what about the towers and the, the anchorages, you know that that are into the bedrock below the straits? Uh, how do you how do you inspect that, and how do you get a feeling for you know the the health of those things? Yeah, so we actually um, just three weeks ago we concluded our un an underwater uh, inspection, and this was a very comprehensive inspection. It's something we contracted out with a company called Collins Engineering um, because we actually require scuba divers uh, to dive all the piers. Um, and this this year's inspection, we actually included a hydrographic survey uh, where they took some specialized sonar equipment and they did a whole scan of the the bottom of the the straits and we're going to compare that we the last time we had that done was in 2007 so i've seen that survey and so i'm i'm really interested to see what how it's changed in the last 15 years so uh luckily our our peers they they're so um robust that they don't see a lot of deterioration so um so yeah, far what would you what would you look for yeah, so when when they're doing an underwater inspection, what they're mainly looking for is any damage to any of the piers. Um, they're looking for scour, which is when the the currents on the the bottom of the channel are start wearing away around the piers and kind of creating uh, a void next to them, so they're not as well supported. Uh, I gotta believe that you've got some pretty strong currents at the bottom of the straits, right? Yeah, we do. Um, but but luckily, our piers don't see a lot of scour and, and partially that's because the 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 bottom bottom of the uh straits is actually between the towers so part of the reason the towers were so far had to be so far apart is even though they're pretty deep uh the deepest being about 142 feet deep to the bottom the straits of Mackinac actually go almost down to 300 feet deep but that's actually in between the towers and so that's where the the strongest currents seem to be and and our peers are over the years haven't showed a whole lot of evidence of scour which is nice because they're they're something that would not be easy to replace well it really sounds like dr steinman and his team you know were really forward thinking and in, uh, in everything that they did yeah they definitely designed um quite the bridge and and they actually during the design process they actually moved the bridge 30 feet north because when they were starting to lay it out before construction, they actually found that the North Tower was right on the edge of a kind of a bedrock cliff. 
down into that ravine uh, underwater canyon, I guess uh, you could call it. So they actually luckily they hadn't started constructing, so they actually picked up the whole bridge and moved it about 30 feet north. Uh, so the bridge is 30 feet north of where they originally were planning on it, but that was just to get it into more solid footing. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Well, is there anything else you want to say, Cole, about, you know, what's what's coming up and, uh, you know, what people could look forward to? And maybe just about, you know, you talked about the walk and how that's kind of inspiring to see so many people admire what you, you know, your your workplace, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what inspires you and keeps you excited about your job? You know, it's 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 a really it's mostly the, the people I get to work with and um, the Mackinac Bridge. Like I said, I worked um, for a design um, company and I worked in construction and the Mackinac Bridge is really a unique position where I kind of get to work with all kinds of I I work with our staff kind of doing construction inspection and but the difference is they're they're just as invested in this bridge as as I am and you know as the Mackinac Bridge Authority it's all of our goal to keep that bridge going so it, it's really nice to work it's a team effort and at the end of the day everyone's here for for this bridge and that's really inspiring to be able to come to work with people who you know it's a pretty um special area uh you know we see a lot of a lot of people are here in the summers but what people don't see is when we're here you know in those cold february (laughs) days but we're still here uh sometimes we have to go out on the bridge in inclement weather but um our goal is to just keep this bridge going and and in as good a shape as as we possibly can well yeah and i mean in recent years you know right while while you were arriving and then have been in the thick of it because of changes in the climate and all kinds of freeze thaw cycles that we didn't used to have you've got issues with with ice dropping and you've got to manage that too and that's that's a challenge i'm sure yeah it is a challenge and um you know it has been incurring uh, more frequently and um you know part of that is the we're just seeing more freezing rain and uh, more freeze thaw compared to when it used to freeze it used to stay up there longer and and kind of melt slower and um julie and i actually had a meeting with a group of uh, students who kind of noticed noticed it in the news about the bridge um undergoing ice closures and they approached us and figured they could uh, take a stab at it. So they're actually participating in a competition and um, going to throw a different uh, ideas at it. And, you know, that's that was nice to see just this because um, this isn't an easy problem to solve. Uh, other long span bridges and, you know, climates like ours undergo ice issues and it's not an easy thing to solve. So it's, it's inspiring to see those, you know, uh, the new generation wanting to take a stab at it and seeing what they can find out because unfortunately it seems like it is becoming an increasing problem. Yeah, if you can uh, figure out some ways to mitigate that, you would make a lot of people happy. I know how frustrated people get when uh, it seems like they've been sailing right along either across the UP or coming up north and all of a sudden on what looks like an otherwise sunny day, they're told that they can't get across the bridge because of ice falling. So yeah. That, that's 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 a frustrating one, and I'm glad you and your colleagues are focused on what you can do. Yeah, so, and, and educating uh, people about the problem is is a big step, and we've had a lot of help um, from the North Region and at James Lake, our communications 
director who uh, has been helpful and uh, MDOT put out a movie about the falling ice uh, or a video and really letting people know the danger is real and why we have to do it, even though, you know, it might look sunny, the ice is, that just means the ice is starting to melt and, and could be coming down. So yeah, big, big effort. Team, give the video team a lot of credit for that. It was very, very helpful and educational. And I know media picked it up and I think it helped explain the issue. And um, So yeah, the more we can do along that, that front, we will. Well, Cole, thank you very much for taking time to talk about this. And, uh, you know, I think I speak for everybody and appreciate how much care and passion you bring to your work and and uh, taking care of that, that beautiful bridge. Yeah, thanks, Jeff, and appreciate you having me. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.